Welcome to episode number 98 of Take Him With You for December 12th, 2010. This week we talk about your favorite holiday recipes. Oh yes, the holidays are always fun to eat. There are so many holiday traditions, and uh, with the Moyer House and the the Bale House, which I married into, you have lots of good recipes too, don't you? Lots of good recipes. So if everybody sticks around, we're going to share some recipes from you, our listeners, and from our families to yours. So it should be a lot of fun. Stick around if you like eating it all during the holidays. It's here. The follow-up release to my Stargazer Music Project, M.W. Orbit. The short story and musical journey of an artificially intelligent probe launched by NASA to explore the Milky Way galaxy. Greetings. I am M.W. Orbit from the planet Earth. Is there anyone there? mw-orbit.com to listen to samples, download your free bonus song, and purchase your digital instant download from CD Baby. from the perspective of a small robot probe named M.W. Orbit. short story and musical journey. Get your copy today at mw-orbit.com. So the new project is out, and people have been downloading on on iTunes and Amazon and Rhapsody and different places like that. It's kind of fun. CD Baby. You know, I took a couple of cards down, uh, download cards, to give to my cousins who were visiting from the East Coast today. Yeah. And I forgot to give them to them, so I guess I'm going to have to send them to them in the mail. Yeah, that would yeah. be good. Or just give them the numbers. You could always email Facebook. them the numbers, yes. Yeah. 
That's the nice thing about it right now. If people mm-hmm. buy the, the actual CD, um, I'll give them a download card for five bucks. And if they buy the actual download, if they if they download it off iTunes or wherever, then for an extra five bucks, I'll send them the actual disc. Cool. Yeah. And, we're, and we should be getting those when? I don't know. You know, they said they're shipping on the 16th of December, which is only a few days away. And most of the time they're early getting them out. So we'll see. That'd be good. Yeah, I don't know. If we're, we're hopefully get them the week before Christmas, but I, I'm not holding my breath it's not good to hold your breath that long yeah so we'll see how it goes but hopefully everybody will go out there and buy the project uh it's definitely uh you know it makes money for the moyer household and it's fun to be creative and if you want to hear some other stuff from us well then support this project and you get more yeah that'd be cool yeah because i still have to pay off the 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 debt of getting the cds made because they cost a little bit yeah yeah. So it'll be a while before we make money on the CD, but Yeah, well, hopefully we'll yeah. make the money back on it at, at least. So yeah, so we can do another good. one. So that'll be fun. MW mm-hmm. Orbit, you can always visit the website MW Orbit mw-orbit.com. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh today's going to be another one of our holiday specials and then uh let let everybody know that next week we have a couple of special things to play for you. Uh, one is a poem that I wrote, read by Meds. Oh, cool. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, he read it and wanted to read it, and I thought he has a great voice, so he recorded it. I've listened to it. It sounds great. I'm going to actually do an, a score to it and everything, so you'll get to hear a cool poem next week. Plus, a short story written by a friend of mine uh, named Desiree Snyder, and she's going to be sending us uh, It's a really kind of cool science fiction Christmas story that uh, that we'll be reading as well with music and everything. And then uh, a story that I wrote a few years ago called The Star of Christmas. So it'll be fun on next week's uh, Christmas special. So we have a poem and two stories? A poem, two stories, and any comments that you want to send in about why you love Christmas. Cool. And we'll take comments at, uh, you can send them to rick at takehimwithyou.com or Amy at takehimwithyou.com, and you can even call our hotline, which, by the way, is, i got to find it. Here, talk for a minute while I look for it. Okay, what do I say? <laughs> We're uh, going to be talking about recipes later on in this show, and I think maybe um, asking, answering some questions. We have people answer on Facebook what their favorite Christmas food was. Are we doing that? Yes. Yeah. We'll be talking all about food today. Real spiritual. Yeah, well, you know, Jesus encouraged people to break bread together. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, if you want to call the hotline and leave a comment about Christmas, why you love Christmas, that's what we're looking for is comments about, if well, I guess you could say if you love Christmas or not, but it'd be more fun to have a positive show, so... Let's just talk about why we love Christmas and what it means to you. And that area code is 206-414-8499. That's 206-414-8499. That's our number. And you can leave a message for us and we'll get it. In fact, we have a uh, a recipe that was sent in to us by a friend. Our friend Tiffany used the voicemail line. So we'll be hearing from her today. And we also have some really cool recipes from our friend Sue from New York. Mm-hmm. We did a, a show with Sue. Yeah. We've never met her in person, but we've talked to her on Skype a few times yeah. and saw her kitty cat. 
Yeah, and plus we have all sorts of other comments, so it, sh- it should yeah. be fun, and we'll share some of our favorite recipes from our families, and definitely not your most health-conscious uh, podcast we'll this time. We'll be talking about how to eat lots of broccoli in New Year, I guess. Sure, I guess. Actually, I cooked broccoli for dinner tonight for you. Well, I am going to share my chip dip recipe that is non-fat. Yeah, that's, that's that not, so bad. not that bad. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll be right back, and uh, we'll be talking all about... Our favorite food during Christmas. up in two different homes obviously and uh, with different traditions and so we kind of mix some of them together and some of them have stronger roots now than others Yeah. but uh, tell me a little bit about the food that your family had while you were growing up during Christmas my mom is a hundred percent Scandinavian both of her parents came here from the old country and so um, we had um, Swedish bread that we had toasted um, through Christmas time, which is still, it doesn't seem like Christmas if I don't have Swedish bread. It's a, a cardamom bread that's kind of a sweet bread, and it's braided. Um, is it fairly easy to make? or? Yeah, it's, it's fairly easy. If you can make a sweet roll dough, um, it's basically just like a, Similar to what you would use for cinnamon rolls, but then it has cardamom in it. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that recipe works? Because you you make that every year for our neighbors love it, and our family Mm -hmm. loves it, and people like kill for it. I think one year you had me make over 30 loaves of it. Well, I had you do it, huh? Yeah, me, I did it. You said, okay, I want this and this and this and Pretty soon, I made like thirty loaves. And I'm going. I'm such okay, a slave, such we, a task. We need master. to cut it, cut back a little bit. I was baking. I made like, I made like eleven batches that year of bread. Anyway, it's pretty simple. You just start with a couple packages, two packages of yeast, and a, qu- a half a cup of warm water and a teaspoon of sugar. Okay. Now, by the way, we'll have the recipe on the blog that goes along with this episodes so that you all can grab the recipe so just i mean you can rewind and listen to this but uh, we will write it out for you as well on the blog so go ahead okay and then you um scald um one and a half cups of milk and i usually just put it in the microwave and in the milk um i also put one cup of butter and you heat that up um in the microwave till the butter's all melted and the the milk's hot then you cool that down just a little bit you don't boil it though do you um almost almost scalding i don't even know what that means you know i just put the butter in the milk Mm -hmm. and put it in the microwave and when the butter's all melted i consider the i don't know if that's proper but anyway then i get that out and i put one and a quarter cups of sugar in it okay mix that in with the butter and the milk when does the yeast go in the yeast is already in a bowl with okay. the warm water and a sh- uh, teaspoon of sugar. Okay. 
And then you add um, one to two teaspoons cardamom, depending on how you like it. You can use ground cardamom or crushed cardamom. Now, I grew up with just crushed cardamom, so they were little bigger chunks of cardamom seed. Yeah. Um, and I get those at the health food store. You can mm-hmm. buy it in bulk. But most of my family... The kids prefer ground cardamom, so you don't really see it. It's pretty fine. Just makes ground. the taste of it. Yeah, it just kind of gives that it an essence. Safeway or wherever. Yeah, right? any grocery store would have um, ground cardamom. Okay, where do you put the cardamom at? Um, you can put it in any time, but I usually put it in with the sugar and milk and butter, and just stir it in real well, and a half a teaspoon of salt. Okay. And then what I usually do is I add um, the four eggs then. Okay. After the milk's cooled down a little bit. Okay. So I have four eggs, and then I put um, eight and a half cups flour okay. on top of the yeast mixture. Okay. And then I pour the, the warm milk mixture, mm-hmm. all the other ingredients on top of that. And then I have a, a KitchenAid with a bread hook. Okay. That mixes and kneads it for me. But if you don't, you would just mix it by hand and then turn it out onto a counter with flour, which I've done before. Yeah. And you just knead it until it's nice and elasticy. And I don't know, unless you make bread, you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. So then what do you do? <clears throat> you knead it for a few minutes. And then um, you take that. And you let it rise for about 45 minutes or until it's doubled. Okay. And then you punch it down and divide it into three parts. And you're going to make three loaves of bread. (coughs) And with each of the lumps, you're going to have three lumps of of dough. Each of those lumps, you're going to divide into three. But this sounds really complicated. And braid them. Like braid the bread. Okay. Just like you braid hair. but Maybe you'll have to do a YouTube video and show this. <laughs> do you think so? Because <laughs> this is way over my head already. <laughs> okay. Well, you braid the bread. Then you let it raise again about 45 minutes. So it's about double again. Okay. And then you bake it in an oven 350 for about 15 minutes or so until it's, until it's done, not doughy anymore, and just golden brown. Okay. And then you let it... You get it out of the oven, and while it's still hot, you take a cube of butter okay. and just rub the butter over the top of it and a whole sprinkle. Cube? Well, no, just one end of the cube. You oh, have okay. like so a, you like brush it with butter. Brush it with butter, and then you um, sprinkle it with sugar. Not a whole bunch, but just a Not, little. Yeah, and some people have what they call yulikaki. Which is a Christmas bread that has fruit and frosting on it and nuts. Um, it's similar dough. It's usually a cardamom dough, often braided. But um, I don't put the nuts and the frosting on. It's just braided Swedish bread. Okay. Bread. So that was that's the big tradition at that's your, a, your home. Yeah. To me, it's not Christmas if we don't have Swedish. Yeah. We call it Swedish braided bread. Yeah. So there you go. It's cardamom bread. Now I have to attempt to interpret what you just said and put it on our <laughs> blog. That's I have fun. the recipe on 
you know, if someone's a bread maker, I can just give them the ingredients and they can go from there pretty much. But um, You just lost most of our listeners, okay, I think. Okay, I'm sorry. I just felt like I had to describe it since... Well, here, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll do one of our traditions at our home okay. was was chip dip. Mm-hmm. And it's really super easy. Even a moron cooker like me can do it. You you actually are a very good cook, though. Well, I'm just saying this is really super easy. It won't be nearly and you, and as complicated kind of, and as Amy just said. And we've modified it because we've made it fat-free. But people, if they don't like fat-free stuff, they could do the full fat. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, what you do is you go to the store and you buy powdered onion soup mix, like Lipton or Campbell's. Or, or, uh, or even <coughs> the store, me. even the store brand works. Yeah, onion soup mix, like you would use during the holidays. Then all you do is, and then you, and then you buy a a container of fat free, usually a pint, pint container, container of fat free sour cream. Mm-hmm. Then you get a bottle of ketchup, but you don't use the whole bottle. Well, I haven't said how to put it together okay. yet. And this is super easy. You just get home. You open up your your sour cream. You can do it with fat sour cream too if you want, but and it tastes really, really good, but it's also really bad for you. But anyway, you get a container out, a little bowl or something, and you pour your sour cream in there, and then you pour the whole packet of onion soup mix, just one of them, and then you probably put, I'd say, about a half a cup to a cup of ketchup into it. Yeah, and I guess people could make it as ketchupy or not ketchupy. Yeah, you can want. kind of put the ketchup into your taste. Well, then, and then you just. Mix it up. Now, here's the key, though. Mm-hmm. Um, then I just put it back in the container that the sour cream came in and put it in the fridge. The key is it's not really that good till the next day because with the onion soup mix, it reconstitate, reconstitates, <laughs> reconstitutes, <laughs> yeah. and, and so the, re- the flavor gets through it by the next day. So mm-hmm. the moisture kind of gathers kinda in It kind of marries together and gets happy. Yeah, and so what we recommend or what I recommend is just leaving it in the fridge overnight so you make it up the night before you're going to use it. And uh, anyway, all you do is put that out with some some chips or crackers or whatever. Dip your chips or crackers into it. And it's it's a really nice, oniony, fun, tangy dip. It's really easy to make. I wonder if the Bale family wants us to bring that on Christmas, um, our Christmas Bale family get-together. I have before. We have before, so I'll have to ask my sister. Sure, sure. That's one of, so that's one of my recipes that mm-hmm. I really enjoy. Oh, guess what I found? What? I found the recipe for cathedral windows. Cathedral windows. Now, explain what the cathedral windows are. That's another one of your families. This is my family. And this is a pretty easy one. You just take a half a bag of chocolate chips Mm -hmm. and a cube of butter and melt them in the microwave for just like a minute till they're melted. Okay. And then you stir them? Um, Then you um, put, um, add... A cup and a half of powdered sugar to that. And um, you put a... um, Wow, you're you're doing well. I'm (laughs) sorry. You add an egg to that, to the melted chocolate. Okay. And you add an egg and a cup and a half of powdered sugar. Uh Okay. And then you pour that over... Well, don't you mix it up first? You mix that up. And then you pour it over a bowl of the little colored marshmallows. Oh, the tiny, the miniature colored marshmallows, mm-hmm. like the fruit flavored ones. Yeah, and if you want, you can put nuts in it too. Mm-hmm. I have nut allergies, so I leave those out. Okay, then, so then 
and probably I should say before you do that, it's good to have a piece of wax paper out okay. and sprinkled with coconut. Okay. And then you pour that mixture of the chocolate and marshmallows and nuts mm-hmm. down the middle of And the, the marshmallows are supposed to stay intact at this point, right? Yeah. You don't want to melt those. Yeah. Okay. And so you um, mix that together, pour it down the middle of the wax paper that's spread with coconut. Okay. And then wrap the coconut wax paper around it. And make like a log make out of it. Make a log out of it. Then you're going to wrap the whole log with the wax paper in aluminum foil and okay. put them in the fridge. Okay. For at least a couple hours or overnight. Okay. And they can stay in the fridge for for days. And then whenever you have some friends over or you just want to sneak one yourself, you just go and cut a few and put them on a tray. What do you mean cut a few? Well, you just slice them about... Well, you unwrap them and then there's this log. So then you cut them like you do those refrigerator cookies. Yeah. Yeah, but then they're... However thick you you want them. And then they look like a cathedral window. Yeah, they look like a little stained glass window. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so we can write that recipe down, hopefully to make it more understandable than I just told you. Well, here it's comes kinda... my, my cat is now walking <clears throat> up to the computer. He's walking across my desk, and he's jumping onto the windowsill. Well, hello, Stripe. Well, I have to say that these two recipes <coughs> that I just shared, mm-hmm. because they're family recipes, they're just scribbled in the back of my Better Homes and Garden cookbook. I'm going to have to scan. <laughs> so, I'll have to scan it in. Oh, you don't want to scan it in. It's like written in. It's it, No one would understand it. We'll have to type it out because <laughs> they wouldn't understand my scribbles. Okay. <clears throat> so is it your turn? Are you going to do a recipe or going to well, share something? Well, let's go to Facebook real quick and see okay. what some of people's favorite holiday food is. We've got a lot of comments. So this, one, this will uh, <clears throat> take up some of our time here hope says my mother's swedish meatballs yum Mm, swedish Mm. meatballs are good and you know we just had those this week yeah and you know the swedish meatballs that we make are really super easy Mm -hmm. if you have some cream of mushroom soup some hamburger or turkey uh, a little bit of oatmeal a little bit of nutmeg Mm -hmm. and and a couple of eggs and a little bit of onion and and it's super easy to make what we do for swedish meatballs is uh, we'll take like a pound of, of ground beef. Or we ground use, turkey. Or ground turkey, whichever you want. We put that in a bowl. Then we add probably a half a cup of oatmeal. And an egg. And, and one egg. Season that with a little bit of seasoning salt, salt and pepper. And a little dash of nutmeg. Mm-hmm. And then you just mix that all up together, kind of like a meatloaf. Yeah, just mix it up and then And then make you ma- you form your meatballs. And then you, uh, you take those and you put them in a pan and put a little bit of oil in the pan or spray it with Pam or whatever you want to do. And and then you brown those meatballs until there there's got a good sear on both sides, mm-hmm. or however you want to do your meatballs. And you can make them big or little. However, and you, you can want. put them in the oven too if you prefer. Yeah, if you to want to cook them in the oven, then they they cook all the way around that mm-hmm. way. But anyway, then you take them and you put them in a pan, and you uh, you take a can of cream of mushroom soup, mm-hmm. and you add or a, or a couple cans my if you cat. like. This is like going I nuts. Know. Or if you like lots of gravy, you can do two can- little, right. little cans or one big can. And you mix you mix about, I'd say, a half a can of milk and one mm-hmm. can of, of yeah. cream of mushroom soup. You want to double that, you can. You mix that up, and then you pour that over the top of the meatballs, and then you let them simmer for probably 15, 20 minutes or more. And they're really good with egg noodles. Yeah, and then you or serve them over, over rice or over uh, boiled potatoes, or you can put them over... Um, 
Egg noodles. Um, egg noodles, yeah. That's I don't know why. Always, we always sound egg noodles. Not but anyway, there's our yeah. Swedish meatballs. So thank you. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I won't stop at every recipe. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, Christian said, personal favorite is hot apple cider and Christmas cookies. There you go. And Michael said, turkey and pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. I d- we just did that for Thanksgiving. I don't think I make it any more pies anytime soon. <laughs> no, but you know, I have a secret way that I make my turkey that... that oh, okay. You can I make my turkey. turkey. I think my turkey comes out very moist and yummy, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. What I do is is I'll, I'll get a turkey and make sure that it's all the way thawed. Mm-hmm. Then I'll and then uh, the day that I'm going to make the turkey, then I take it out of the fridge a couple of hours before I put it in the oven, and only to bring it up to a little bit more of a room temperature. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is I take uh, like a, a whole onion, sweet onion, and I chop it up, and probably four stalks of celery, and chop that up, and I put that in the the cavity of the turkey. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I'll take an, uh, another way that I use onion soup mix is I'll take the onion soup mix and I'll pour that. Over the top of the turkey, mm-hmm. then I take a little bit of olive oil and I'll um, not a whole lot because I don't we don't want to make it even more fattening than it really needs to be, but a little bit of olive oil and I'll massage the bird with the olive oil and then I'll put seasoning on top of that like salt and pepper, some Johnny seasoning, salt, whatever you like, you know, seasoning wise on your turkey, and and then I just put it in the oven and roast it and I do mine fairly warm. I don't put it in for hours at a time. Um, I usually do mine probably close to 375, almost 400 degrees. We do usually use some foil, though. Oh, yeah. I put foil yeah. over the top of it until about a half hour before it's done, and then I take that off so it gets nice and brown. Mm-hmm. Or you can do it the other way around. Brown first and then foil second. Yeah. Because I think either... we browned first and foiled second this time. Yeah, and it turned out really, really yeah. um, moist and yummy. And, and the the key to, to cooking a good turkey is to have a meat thermometer mm-hmm. and just push it right into down by where the thigh is at and that will give you a pretty accurate reading a lot of people will put it into the breast but that really that doesn't tell you that doesn't give you an accurate reading because uh the breast cooks faster than the thigh and area and the thigh can be raw and that's kind of gross yeah you don't want a raw yeah. turkey so anyway i do mine uh fast and hot mm-hmm. and it comes out real moist and yummy that way and you got a nice brown skin on it and everything so right. okay what else do we got Okay, Renee said, I'm a huge fan of gingerbread, and I finally found a great gingerbread loaf recipe, and that's mm. my current favorite. I'm a ginger fan, too. Well, you have these really good gingerbread cookies that you make. Oh, that yeah, are... I do have the recipe for that. And, and why don't uh, we share that? Because it's a really, it's it's a very easy recipe. It's very easy. And, and boy, um, it's a hit with everybody. And it's very um, Christmas. Pretty low on cholesterol if someone has issues with using lots of butter. Because you don't use you don't use butter on it, do you? No, this one doesn't. Almost all my Scandinavian cookies have lots of butter, so this is a good. Um, and what <laughs> is it? What are these that. called? Um, this was I call them Diana Simon's Great Molasses Cookies, but. I they, don't know well, where she got the recipe, but one of my they're best a, they're friends. They're a soft, chewy gingerbread <clears throat> tasting cookie, and they're very Christmassy. Yeah, the, and they're really easy, too. How do you make them? Um, you just mix together um, a three-quarters cup of oil, a cup of sugar, three-quarters cup molasses, one egg, um, two teaspoons soda, baking soda, two cups flour, a half teaspoon cloves, a half teaspoon ginger and a teaspoon cinnamon. And you mi- just mix that all together. You mix it all together. And, and it makes then... kind of a, a. Do you put flour in it? 
Yeah, it has oh, two okay. cups of flour. Did you already say that? Uh-huh. Okay, and then you mix that all together. And it makes kind it of all... a sticky, kind of clumpy dough. Yeah, and kind of like gingerbread, like gingerbread men or whatever. Okay. So then you take that, and you're going to um, take about walnut-sized chunks okay. and roll it into balls. Okay. And dip the balls into sugar. Okay. And then you bake at 375, and it it said 8 to 10 minutes, but I would check them at 5, depending on your oven. Right. And and the key is, if you just a little bit underbake them, then they're chewy. If you bake them too far, they get crunchy. crunchy. So it depends so how you what like So whatever it. you like. Some people like what I call dunkers. To yeah. me, real crunchy cookies are for people who dunk in coffee. Well, I don't drink coffee. I drink tea, and I like chewy cookies. So yeah. anyway, um, they're really simple, real quick to make. I, I um, gave my mom this recipe last year, and she just went crazy making molasses Because people cookies. love them. And, they're, and yeah. they're fairly easy to make. And they come out nice. They really look nice, too, especially because you've rolled them into balls, and they, they, they bake down. They kind of do that and, little crinkle thing Yeah, on they top. do the crinkle. They look cute. They look cute. And, and they taste great. And I've even made these in the summertime, like mm-hmm. when um, we used to do mission trips to Mexico or even local mission trips for the kids. If kids' stomachs weren't feeling good, and I've used these too, and they because they have ginger in them, mm-hmm. they they can kind of settle people's tummies if you're you know on a long bus ride or plane ride. Yeah, or whatever. whatever. We just ate them. We liked them. Oh, they're delicious. But they've we've made these by the dozens to go on mission trips. So okay, they're good. Excellent. Okay, so what's next? Um, do you want another recipe or do you want... How about if we, we cover what people like? Okay, what people like. Okay, so Joseph, he is a man after your own heart. <coughs> yeah. He said prime rib. Mm. Well, you know, and that's that, sometimes they'll have a good sale on prime rib during the holidays. And, and I know um, when things were going a little little more financially sound that's something that it costs a lot to buy a prime rib so mm-hmm. we understand that, you know not everybody cooks a prime rib but if you do cook a prime rib there are actually there is a little art to it yeah you know we should share our secret you can share how you cook it but i can show we should share how i cook it a second time okay so what i do is if if i if i'm making prime rib uh, you go to the store, and there's different cuts of it. You know, you can get whatever you can afford, but uh, you get yourself a prime rib roast. And I like it when, they, when they've when they already cut it off the bone, and then they put the bone back on. I like a bone-in prime rib. That's that's what I like to cook. Um, but sometimes they'll they'll cut it off the bone and then put the bone back in and, and put back on and tie it up with a string. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you get your prime rib home, and what you basically do is you pour a little bit of olive oil over the top of the fat part. You put the bone side down on in your roaster, and then you take what I do to make a nice crust on my prime rib. That's our cat again. Our cat who keeps going through here and jumping on my keyboard. Silly animal. Anyway, what I do is I take um, Montreal steak seasoning. Mm-hmm. And that's basically coarse pepper and coarse salt and mm-hmm. maybe And then some whatever spices they yeah. put in it. And I actually put that in pretty thick over the, the oiled part of the, the fat and put a nice little crust on that. And then, and then I just put it in the oven and bake it 
for however long is suggested until you know until you get it to the temperature that you want. A little I, a little rosemary's nice on there too. A little rosemary's good on it, yeah. But then I put it in the oven, bake it, and then check the thermometer in a couple of hours, depending on how big the roast is. Then you want to check it, and I usually cook mine to medium rare. And my cat is still making noises. I cook it to medium rare, and then mm-hmm. uh, take it out, let it rest for a little bit after you've cooked it. And uh, and then I'll cut slices off of it. And then for the rest of my family who likes meat well done. Like me. Then we actually take the au jus that you get like to make French dip sandwiches with. Mm-hmm. And we, we make a pan of that. people can make their own if they... Yeah, if the, from the beef droppings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then what, what I do is uh, I set that on a frying pan on the stove, uh, heat it up to where it's nice and hot. And then I'll actually put the, 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 the medium rare meat already sliced into the au jus so it stays moist and then cook it up to well done for those that like it well done and, and that way it doesn't yeah, uh, and i like it that way and i'm out. not much of a beef eater but i like it that way because it yeah it gets it cooked but not dry yeah it makes me want to make one now i think we need to have um behavior classes for, for my our cat? cat i don't know what he's doing over there he's He's trying to attack your Moyer Multimedia sign in the window. What a nice cat we have. Yeah. Stripey wants to be on this holiday recipe special. That's what it I is. I guess. If he keeps misbehaving, maybe he'll be part of a recipe. You know, we have... No, we, I'm just joking. We, we love our cat. I wouldn't eat a cat. I know. I don't eat cats. Even either. though we do... Well, never mind. I won't even... <clears throat> okay. So we also got some recipes in from some folks that uh, called in and also um, wrote in. Sue from New York has a great recipe here for chocolate peppermint cookies. Mm. Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Let me read to you uh, what she wrote. She said the ingredients are one cup butter softened, three quarters cup of sugar, three quarter cup of brown sugar, one egg, one teaspoon of peppermint extract. Vanilla works fine, too. One and three fourths cup flour, three quarters cup cocoa powder, a half a teaspoon of baking soda, a half a teaspoon of baking powder, a pinch of salt, and one cup of candy cane pieces are, or peppermint chips. So you break up your candy cane pieces into little bits. Mm-hmm. Then what you do is you cream the butter and the sugar and the brown sugar. You add the egg and the vanilla. You mix until combined. In a, in a separate bowl, you sift together your flour, your cocoa powder, your baking soda, baking powder, and salt. Then you combine the wet and dry ingredients. You mix them and to combine them. And then you fold in the candy pieces after you have that all mixed together. Then you chill the batter. You form it into balls just like we did the gingerbread stuff. And then you dip in some more candy cane pieces and you bake for about 10 minutes on 350. Hmm. We're going to have to try that. Those sound pretty interesting. They sound really yummy. Mm-hmm. Chocolate and peppermint is always good. Yeah, that's always good. I made some cocoa the other night and had some little Andes mint pieces and put in my cocoa. It was very delicious. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, very bad for me, but I planned it in, so it worked out. Here's a really good recipe that she sent in called pumpkin mousse. Hmm. People really like this. You know, For some reason, pumpkin's really popular on the holidays. Yeah, I always usually think of Thanksgiving more, but well, a lot of people, but have, other pumpkin people have pumpkin at on Christmas. Christmas sure. Too. Here's the ingredients: you do two cups of cold heavy cream, one thirty ounce can of pumpkin pie filling, or pumpkin puree if you want to spice it yourself. 
uh, two-thirds cup of evaporated milk, two 3.4-ounce boxes of instant vanilla pudding mix, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, spiced pecans for the topping. And here's how you do it. You whisk the heavy cream until medium peaks are formed, and in a separate bowl, combine their pie-filling, evaporated milk, pudding mix, and vanilla. Then you fold in the whipped cream. Transfer to dessert bowls or chocolate graham cracker pie crust. <laughs> and you refrigerate until serving. Instead of using heavy cream, you could easily get some light or reduced fat whipped topping and do the same thing. That's even easier. Ah, and if you use fat-free Cool Whip, kind of, mm-hmm. um, it could be pretty low-cal thing. Sure. So that sounds really yeah. yummy, Sue. Mm. Mm. Yeah. She's got good. a couple more recipes that we'll read in a moment. But uh, what Should- else do we have on the... Well, we have lots more. Deanna says apple strudel and mold cider. What? Apple oh, strudel. Oh, mold. I thought you said mold cider. I was going to go, gross. Mold, like M U L L E D. Yeah, mold, not mold. <coughs> Got it. Mold <coughs> cider. Mark says, Really? Are you asking me to pick only one? My favorite candy is Brock's Christmas peppermint nuggets. As for my favorite holiday Christmas food, I would have to say yes to all of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, got it. Yeah. And Richard said Christmas cookies. Yeah, Christmas cookies are good. We gave you the our Grandma Hansen's uh, sugar cookie recipe mm-hmm. last week. Now, we also have another one of Grandma Hansen's recipes for Christmas cookies called Spritz Cookies. Oh, yep. I have that ready. I just have to find out which cookie. And these I are the little cookies in. that you use, one of those little cookie maker mabobbers. Uh, if you have one mm-hmm. of them, you just press it through the cookie press. You know, and if you don't have one. You don't have to. You can. We made um, candy canes before out of them. Yeah. I, I remember when the kids were little, we didn't have a cookie press that worked. I think we might have had one, but we, didn't, we couldn't find have figure out how to work it. So we just let the kids kind of play like with Play-Doh, mm-hmm. <laughs> roll it into little, um, like they would make little snakes. But snakes, snakes and then we'd and turn then them and make them candy canes. Make cane. them into candy canes. And so what's works. the recipe for spritz? Because they're, they're a Scandinavian okay. cookie. And this is a, pre- yeah, it's pretty easy. Pretty it's easy. Actually, yeah. It's one cup of sugar, mm-hmm. one and a half cups butter, which yeah, is figures. tons of butter, one egg, one teaspoon vanilla, or you can use, we like to put almond extract in mm-hmm, ours, mm-hmm. and um, three cups of flour. And you just cream together the sugar and the butter, mm-hmm. add an egg to that and beat well, add the vanilla or almond and the flour, and then put through a cookie press, bake at 400 until golden brown. And they usually turn out, they turn out like those, like those, the... What are the Danish cookies that you get in the yeah, store? Yeah, they're, they're like a butter cookie. Yeah. Yeah. They turn out really yummy. Yeah. They're um, they're very classic Scandinavian cookies. We call we always call them spritz cookies. Mm-hmm. Made little Christmas trees and wreaths. Yeah, those are very traditional. With a cookie press. Mm-hmm. Just like that. I like your little sound effect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What else do we have that people like? <clears throat> okay, I got to put down my cookbook. Okay, um, back up with Facebook. Simon says, crackers and a selection of cheese. Ah, uh, yes. The cheese. I wonder what there. kind of cheese you like, Meds. Oh, this isn't Meds. It's a different Simon. Oh, a different Simon. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. And Anthony says, 
chocolate. Big tins of roses or quality street chocolate. Waistline is the farthest thing from my mind at Christmas. <laughs> and Rhonda says, eggnog creams from Fannie Mae. Mm. I'm not sure what those are. Those kind of chocolate, you think? or uh, I don't know. Or white chocolate? or candy. I don't know. Candy of some sort, I think. And Maureen says, ham and I don't know what this is. It's syllabub. Okay. I wonder if that's supposed to be scalloped potatoes and she just typed wrong. I don't know. But that's, I know one of my sons loves ham and scalloped potatoes at Christmas. For yeah. my family, that was a very classic Christmas dinner. Sure. Mmm, it's amazing. And then our next one is quite a lengthy one. Um, it says, Why, Rick, are you cooking for all of us Christmas dinner? LOL. Myself, my favorite is ham every holiday. Um, I can eat it, but no one ever makes it, so I have to do my own. Okay. I'm a huge lover of ham. For 35 or 40 years, my favorite was my mom's stuffing. Now she's making her stuffing for the angels. I don't get to eat it anymore. I miss her stuffing almost as much as I miss my mom. Oh. So that was kind of... Kind of a sad one, but I think that I think we have to point out though that sometimes holidays are very happy and sometimes They're they hard. can be melancholy because sure. I remember the first one without my dad. It was like very hard. We're like, but dad's not here. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, it makes holidays a whole lot different. Yeah, but you can just think like I like his perspective. She was making <coughs> her stuffing for the angels, sure. so that was good. Okay, any others? Um, um, Jeannie said pecan pie. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Dan says, um, I'm one of those thinking out of side of the box kind of people. So my favorite Christmas dinner is a hefty serving of seafood salad. And, of course, turkey dressing and mashed potatoes. There you go, yeah. <laughs> so they, like... Thanksgiving again. Yeah. And Carolyn loves Rice Krispies mixed together with butterscotch pieces. I know I'm missing another ingredient here. And covered in chocolate. (laughs) I've never heard of that. It's like the haystacks. Okay. But they use Rice Krispies. Okay. We had family that have made something similar to that. With potato chips. Or Chinese noodles. Or Chinese noodles, yeah. Chow mein noodles, yeah. Mm -hmm. And basically what you do is you you take a... bag of butterscotch chips, a bag of chocolate chips, and you melt those together with a little bit of butter in the microwave, uh-huh. and you stir that up, and then you, then you add, add your Chinese noodles. Or maybe, I think I maybe have seen it with pretzel sticks, too. I've seen that as well. You can put anything crunchy peanuts, into the mix, and then you cover, yeah, you can, and, co- then. and then you coat that, and then you have wax paper or, or one of those baking sheets, and you just pull out little bits, you know, little globs of it, and you set it on there and let them dry. And mm-hmm. they're pretty yummy. Rice Krispies would be a little healthier than the potato chips or crunchy Chinese noodles. That's maybe. true. So maybe that's where that came in. Mm-hmm. But that's our Facebook comments. I I went through those, didn't I? Yeah. So we got those. You know what I found in my cookbook? What's that? A tradition that for Christmas morning that I first was introduced to at your house. Yes, it sounds crude, 
<laughs> but it's very good. Yeah, the name sounds embarrassing, but what it, is it? It's called sticky buns. Sticky buns. And I found the recipe. And here, this recipe, I'm telling you right now, this will be a hit with your entire family. And it's easy, easy, easy to make. It is easy. You just buy a package of frozen dinner rolls, mm-hmm. and you um, get that out of the freezer, and you spray um, one of those bunt pants. If you right. have a butt pan, bunt pan. A butt pan? <laughs> Sticky buns. Sticky buns. I guess that's appropriate. Okay. Um, bunt pan. And you might want to line it with foil and then spray the foil because it, it kind of makes it, a big mess. So Unless you have a non-stick bunt pan. If you pan. have a non-stick bunt pan. Not a non-stick butt pan. Okay. But spray it still because <laughs> it, it makes a mess. Then <laughs> I'm trying to ignore you because you're being naughty. So um, you take the um, the frozen bread dough and you put it. What frozen bread dough? The frozen rolls. Oh, you get okay. You get like you get the frozen rolls that you frozen. get in the freezer section yeah. at the at the grocery store. And this like dinner rolls. Dinner rolls. Okay. And you can cut it into small pieces. It or has you to be the frozen kind. Yeah. Okay. And you do you thaw those out at all? Um, a little bit, but they'll kind of thaw and raise. You do this the night before. Okay. You you put them in the pan, the fro- bunt pan, bunt pan, frozen okay. the night before, and then and you cut them into like four pieces of roll. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, or you can leave it big. So you put those into the bunt pan uh-huh. that's and already then, been greased. Uh huh. And now then what? this is where it gets really naughty. You um pour you melt a, a stick of butter. Okay. And you pour a stick of butter over that over the top of the rolls. Uh huh. Okay. And then. You sprinkle a half cup of brown sugar over that. Okay. And a package, just a normal size, small package, a butterscotch pudding mix. Okay. The sugary kind. Okay. And then you cover that with um, saran wrap Mm -hmm. and put it in the fridge overnight. Okay. Then in the morning, um, you get it out about an hour before you need to bake it. Okay. And... um, so as soon as you get up in the morning, get it out while you're getting ready and let it warm up and rise. Okay. And after you've seen it, you know, kind of poof up, poof up, then you bake at 350 for 20 to 25 minutes. Pull, and, pull it out and then you and, turn it upside down. Yeah. on Turn it upside down on a plate. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, they are the most. It's better than cinnamon sinful. rolls. fall. I don't sinful. think they're sinful. No. Oh my goodness, they're so buttery and caramely, no. and and they are just really bad for you. But you know, you only sticky do them once, buns. once a remember, year. Just remember, sticky buns, and you bake them in a butt pan. <laughs> bunt pan, <laughs> a bunt pan. I actually saw one at Walmart the other day because I don't have a bunt pan. I use an angel food cake pan, and then it is sometimes like. Sticks to the pan. Well, and it gets out the bottom. But <laughs> I saw a nonstick bunt pan, and and I was tempted to buy it, but it's like eleven dollars, mm. and I just like we don't need to even make those. So mm-hmm. anyway, I I don't plan on making those this year unless I get over overwhelmed with requests from the family, but because I have a problem eating too many of them. Got it. Okay, so. why don't we now go to one of our call-ins, Okay. and Tiffany here has a recipe that she wants to share with us. So take it away, Tiffany. Uh, hey, it's Tiffany. Um, 
So I have to bear with me because I don't have the best voice right now. Um, I have a cold at the moment. But uh, you wanted some recipes. <laughs> okay, so I got three of these, and the last one isn't so much a recipe as a... Well, you'll figure it out when I, you know, let you know. But anyway, the the first one is going to be uh, some kind of a potato side dish thing. Anyway, you take some potatoes, and you slice them like... Then, like, you'd make, like, au gratin potatoes type thing. You take, like, about a quarter of a cup of olive oil, about a half of an onion, and you chop that up. Uh, take some garlic cloves and chop those up with it, too. Uh, take some chili powder and uh, cumin and, and uh, some chopped up bacon. You cook that and chop it up. You just, like, combine it and make sure it's all, like, coated good with it and all that. And then you just, like, bake it so the potatoes are soft, I guess, in, like, 20 or 30 minutes or something. Maybe a little longer than that. I don't know. I'm very specific with this. I don't I don't have the actual recipe right in front of me in my kitchen somewhere. Um, I do have the actual recipe for this one, though. This is... Uh, Cranberry spice cookies. I made them last year. They're delicious. Anyway, this makes about four dozen cookies, which is kind of a lot of cookies. It's uh, two-thirds of a cup of butter, one cup of brown sugar packed, a quarter of a cup of dark molasses, which I don't use a lot. Um, Actually, I got it specifically for this recipe. Um... Two and a third cup flour, two eggs, one teaspoon of baking soda, a quarter teaspoon of salt, nutmeg, cloves, allspice, and cinnamon, two thirds of a cup of slivered or sliced almonds, two thirds cup dried cranberries. Anyway, you cream the butter and sugar together, add the molasses and eggs, mix it together pretty good. Uh, sift the dry ingredients and add those. So you stir in the nuts and the cranberries, and then you, like, put it on the cookie sheet 350 for about 10 to 12 minutes. They come out pretty good. All right. So the last one I got is really just something that I kind of do that I I figured out this works, okay? You can take basically any kind of vegetable or fruit, like, Zucchini bread or pumpkin, which is like a squash, which is a vegetable. Or you can do it with like dried fruit or like basically anything, like banana bread or, you know, anything like that. And you just like make that bread, which is like any combination of the spices, cinnamon, cloves, allspice, nutmeg. You throw in some vanilla extract. You do like, I don't know, like, I, I usually do, like, three or four cups of flour, some eggs, throw in some baking soda or baking powder, whichever I have on hand, throw in about a cup of sugar, and, you know, a cup of whatever fruit or vegetable I want to throw in there. So that I just, like, pop it in the oven about 350, 400-ish and check it after about 20 minutes and just, you know, stick a knife in it and 
whenever it comes out clean, it's done. I mean, uh, not a bad thing. It's just some kind of spice thing. I use, I, I usually bake and cook and do stuff with wheat flour. And that's another good way is like all those spices, nobody knows when you put all those spices in there that you have wheat flour in there instead of white flour. And that's kind of cool. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, this, I, I guess that's all my recipes. Okay. Bye, Rick. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you, Tiffany. And uh, she gave us three different recipes, and we enjoyed listening to her talk about her recipes. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. Um, I think I think one of my sons would like to try that potato dish, mm-hmm. and I thought that the cranberry cookies sounded sounded pretty interesting. yummy. I'm not yeah. a real fan of any type of banana bread. You like that kind of stuff better than I do. Yeah, except for most people put nuts in their bread, and and I can eat those. But yeah, anyway. you're allergic to them. Yeah, so, um, but I, I really did like, um, like fruit cake with nuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's kind of a sad thing. I can't eat nuts anymore. But well, you won't, you won't <laughs> like this recipe. Then I'm going to talk. Uh, Sue sent us in one for spiced pecans. Oh, and this is what delicious. she does. She puts one teaspoon of kosher salt, a half a teaspoon of cumin, a half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, a half a Ooh. teaspoon of cinnamon. A half a teaspoon of orange zest, hmm. one pound crushed pecans, four tablespoons unsalted butter, a half a cup of packed light brown sugar, two tablespoons packed of dark brown sugar, and then two tablespoons of water. And what you do is you mix the salt, cumin, cayenne, cinnamon, and orange zest in a small bowl. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and you just set it aside. In another bowl, you combine brown sugar and water. Uh, the, yeah. Then you toast the pecans in a cast iron skillet over medium heat. And as they start to brown, you add the butter and the salt, or you add the butter and stir until melted. Add the spice mixture and stir to combine. Once combined, add the sugar mixture. Stir until the mixture thickens and coats the nuts two to three minutes or so. Then you transfer the nuts to a parchment-lined sheet pan. And you let it cool. So kind of spicy and sweet. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds like really good. like a barbecue potato chip, but it's a nut. Yeah. She has one other recipe that she sent in that looks really yummy. This is a little more complicated than the other, but it's called pear cranberry pie. Hmm. Sounds kind of fun. And it's one pack of prepared refrigerator pie crusts. You know, like Pillsbury, yeah. ShopRite, whatever. Uh, she said she made her own crust just once. These are just as good and then so much easier. So you take 3 to 3.5 pounds of pears, a uh, mixture of Bartlett. Um, she has all these names that I don't I, I do not do pears very much. What is a B-O-S-C pear? Bosque? And an Anjou? Sure. Gosh, see, I'm, not, I'm yeah. pear illiterate. So pears. Okay. And <laughs> she says she usually gets three kinds of each kind of pear. Now, are they fresh pears or canned pears? Apparently, they're fresh. Okay. Then you have a half a cup of sugar divided, uh, six ounces dried cranberries, three tablespoons tapioca flour, cornstarch will work, though, uh, two tablespoons cranberry jam, jellied cranberry sauce works Mm. as well, one tablespoon of cranberry juice, two teaspoons of fresh lemon juice, 
quarter teaspoon of kosher salt and a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg. Then she says you peel and you core the pears. So, yeah, they're fresh. Mm-hmm. Slice into quarter or half inch wedges. Toss the pears with one quarter cup of sugar. Place the wedges in a colander over a bowl and let drain for 1.5 hours. Hmm. Then you transfer the drained liquid to a small saucepan and reduce over medium heat, about uh, two tablespoons or so. Combine pears, remaining uh, sugar, cranberries, tapioca flour, cranberry jam, cranberry juice, lemon juice, salt, and nutmeg. Then you assemble the pie. Place one sheet of dough in a pie pan and lightly press it into place. <clears throat> Excuse me. She says she likes to arrange the pear pieces all fancy so that there are no empty spaces. And then I start at the edge and spiral in layer by layer, making sure to uh, evenly distribute the dried cranberries and forming a slight mound at the center. Pour any remaining liquid into the bowl. Place the second sheet of dough over the top and use a fork to press the edges together around the pie. Trim away the excess dough. Then you make small cuts in the pie crust for venting during the baking. You brush the reduction of pear juice over the top of the crust and you bake for uh, 50 minutes at 425. About 15 to 20 minutes in, I usually put a put on a silicone pie ring to prevent burning around the, the thing. You can do that it, with yeah, a, if you don't some have tin that, foil. We- Put a little foil around ours. Yeah. You can make a pie ring shaped into pie from aluminum foil before putting it in the oven. If the top crust starts to get too dark, just cover with foil for the remainder of the baking time. And there you you go, she says. And that's it. Enjoy. Wow. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever had a cooked pear pie before. So she said we we had permission to post these on the blog. So so you can go to TakeHimWithYou.com and you'll get the recipes posted. she was nice. She actually typed hers out for you. Mine are in the cookbook, so I'm just going to hand you to type them out. (laughs) Aren't they nice? No. No. So so there you go. Those are some really fun holiday recipes that people might really enjoy. Um, Do you have any other special ones that your family does or that our family Um, does that we forgot? I, I had a few, but I... I think the one that you wanted to say, I wrote in my notes, was you wanted to say marshmallow fudge recipe, the Grandma Hansen. Yeah, but I don't have it with me. Oh, we have, if you push pause, I'll run and get it in the kitchen. Okay, hold on, because this is a good one, but it's uh, really fattening, but it's so yummy. Okay, this recipe is really super easy, but it turns out... And you can do variations on the marshmallow fudge recipe. You, You go to the store and you buy yourself... A can or a whatever these are. A little uh, plastic jar. Seven ounce uh-huh. jar of marshmallow cream. And you can find them in any qu- kind of store. I don't know if they have these over in England or not, but uh, they definitely have them here. But it's a can, can of marshmallow, basically. Um, and you, here's their ingredients. You need three cups of sugar, three quarter cup of butter or margarine, one can of evaporated milk, like the five ounce can, and then one and a half packages of Baker's Semi-Sweet Chocolate. Now, we've also found that you can just use one package of chocolate chips, Semi-Sweet. Mm-hmm. That or works. butterscotch chips. If, if you, you want to make butterscotch, butterscotch fudge, yeah. And then you have one jar of the, the marshmallow cream. And then if you want to, you can chop up walnuts if you like walnuts in your fudge. I don't really like nuts in the fudge, so mm-hmm. I don't put that in there. Or and then I one think, teaspoon of vanilla. Didn't we put crushed up? Um, candy canes in it one time. You can do all sorts of things. You can put mm-hmm. peanut butter in it. You can put butterscotch in it. You can put 
um, any type of candy pieces in it. They melt, mm-hmm. so you got to yeah. be careful. But anyway, you line a nine-inch square pan with foil, or you just grease it really good, and you bring the sugar, butter, and the milk to full rolling boil in a large saucepan on medium heat, and you stir it constantly. You boil for about four minutes, or if you have a candy thermometer, about 234 degrees Fahrenheit. That's Fahrenheit for those of us in the United States. I don't know what it is for others. Mm-hmm. Um, then you kind of, you just keep stirring occasionally, and then you remove from the heat. You add your chocolate and your marshmallow cream to that, and you stir until it's melted. Then you stir in whatever kind of, like if you have nuts or whatever, and and the vanilla at the very end. And then you pour that into a pan and you let it cool. And it makes a really soft, yummy fudge that just is to hit at all the parties. Yeah, you're more of a fudge person than I am. That's oh, well, I like really super sweet stuff and you don't. Yeah, I I go more for the salty kind of stuff or, yeah. or just slightly sweet. Most of the Swedish cookies, the Scandinavian cookies I grew up with, just have a little bit of sugar. Their downfall fall is all the butter that's in it. But, um, yeah. They, I don't really like super sweet stuff. But yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of... Um, boy, there's so many you know, other recipes I, during I the holiday season. I mentioned the cheese soup recipe, but I think oh, yeah, just... you Yeah, why don't you do the cheese soup? Because that's something you said that you were going to do. I did say that. So um, hopefully I can make this understandable. Okay, you better explain it in layman's terms here. Okay. You cheese just, soup, everybody. You just, it's, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. You just get a large um, pot, a soup pot. Okay. And you put a quart of chicken broth in. You can get the canned or you can use the chicken bouillon cubes as okay. a quart of water. And you Wait put, a minute, what, what now? You, you have chicken broth. You okay, start chicken broth, how much? About a quart. Okay, one quart chicken broth. And then you chop up about a cup of carrots. Cup of carrots. And the small pieces, a okay. cup of onion mm-hmm. and a cup of celery. Okay. And chop that all up into and, little tiny pieces. Uh-huh. And then about a cup of potatoes. Okay. And cooked, cooked or non-cooked? Non-cooked. Okay. And you put those in the chicken broth. Okay. And you cook those till they're tender. Okay. While those are cooking, you take a quarter cup of butter. Okay. Here's the butter again. And a quarter cup of flour. Okay. And you melt the butter and add the flour to make kind of like a roux. All right. Then you add about a cup and a half of milk. Okay. And stir that constantly. So this is like in a saucepan, or you can do it in the microwave too, but okay. you got to keep on turning it off to stir it. And um, so you're making a, a white sauce there. Okay. And then you're going to add about a cup of cheddar cheese. And if you want it real cheddar-y, you can use sharp cheese. And um, then you put You grate a, that? You grate that and add that to your so white sauce. So one cup of grated cheese. Mm-hmm. And you can do a little more, a little less. But okay. anyway, if you like it real cheesy, you can do a little more. And then you need about a half teaspoon salt or seasoning salt okay. in that. And after the vegetables are cooked in your chicken broth, you're going to turn that down so that it's just simmering. Mm-hmm. And you're going to slowly add your cheese sauce. Okay. And that's it. And then you just simmer it. Yep. And that's cheese soup. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I hope when people, if they've made a white sauce or cheese sauce before, they know that they have to keep on stirring it until it gets thick. I, I yeah, it kind of comes to a boil. But anyway. But I you don't want to scorch it. But you don't want to scorch it. So you got to keep No burning stirring. allowed. 
And um, anyway, it made, it's a really good soup. We have it almost every Christmas Eve with my family um, growing up. Yeah. yeah, you have it every Christmas Eve. Yeah, when we get together, <clears throat> we have usually two or three kinds of soup and then sandwich stuff mm-hmm. and goodies. So there you go. Now you got some traditions from my house and from your house. Yeah. And now traditions in our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any other recipes you can think of that we didn't share that we that we make? Hmm. You know, one thing I made last year that was a really big hit. It's not really a recipe, but I kind of just put it together as I had bought a big thing of cream cheese for Ada. Oh, you made your own cheese ball. I made my own cheese ball. And you can use low-fat or fat-free cream cheese <coughs> and just put whatever you like in it. Some chives, some um, bacon bits, some mm-hmm. cheese, um, and you just mix it all together. You cube up all those little things. I yeah, mean, you make you them a little tiny. Make little tiny. And then you mix, like, the cream cheese with it. Yeah, you mix the cream and cheese form that and into bacon a ball. bits and form it into a ball. And then... Because of my nut allergy, I just rolled it in more cheese. Right. Or you can roll it in crushed walnuts or... or, Yeah, but some people, yeah. Or almonds. Or almonds. Yeah, and And then you just make a cheese ball out of it and put it out there and you can spread that on crackers and stuff. Yeah, it's really easy. Yeah, that was a big hit. It was a very big hit. We might have The bacon one was a big hit. Yeah, Mm. little pieces of bacon bit and chives. Watch out. Well, the cool part about food is that uh, we all share that in common and so... It's really what families gather around during the holidays and enjoy together. So hopefully some of these recipes will help you do that. Yeah, and I I think growing up, you know, I I grew up in a a Christian home. So (coughs) we not only had the soup and sandwiches and goodies, but we we got around and we sang Christmas carols and we read all the Bible. And and yeah, we had... Read the whole Bible? We read out of the Bible. Oh, I thought you said all of the Bible. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that would have been one long Christmas. <laughs> we usually read out of Luke or something, the mm-hmm. story of, of Christ being born. And so um, we had kind of a special Christmas like that growing up. And I have fond memories of being together with my extended family. There's usually 30 or 40 of us crammed into my grandpa's house. And then... And then we had the Christmas tree and, you know, gifts and stuff, too. But it was just such a good feeling being together with everyone. Sure. Well, it's all it's all in the memories that we make. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it if you had, you know, like you said before, some of us don't enjoy the holidays at all because they remind us of the people that we left behind or are gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, others really enjoy the holidays and go all out. I think it's really, it's our job to make the holidays what we want to make them. Well, in some years... I know um, <clears throat> some years we've had kind of untraditional times where you've got a call while we're having Christmas dinner to say that um, the director of the mission was sick and want to know if you could preach for him for the Christmas dinner. Or, you know, we've had different things that have gone on sure. that haven't been real traditional and yet still were neat memories. Sure. So, um it's yeah. all in how you look at it, and there's just so many different things you can do. I think the the cool bar- part about food is that um, you, without a whole lot of extra money, unless you want prime rib, yeah. you know, unless without a whole lot of extra money, you can make some special things for the holidays, mm-hmm. and and that's what's so cool about that. And I think that um, 
offering something like that is a, is a gift in itself. You know, offering something that you've created and and that you enjoy eating together with your family and stuff like that is just it's a really it's a neat thing to share that kind of thing with people and. It's just it's something since the beginning of time that people have done, and they've shared a meal, broken bread together, and and enjoyed the celebration. So we hope that you have a wonderful celebration this year with all sorts of kinds of foods that uh, will make everybody happy. Yeah, and that's the main thing is is um, being together with people you love. I've got a great song that I want to play at the end of the podcast here by a guy named Russ Taff. I haven't heard him for a while. But yeah, this is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. He does such a great job on it, and I love his Christmas album. If you ever can find it on iTunes, it's called the Russ Taff Christmas Album. It was a good one. It's, got, it's all jazzy and big bandy, and mm-hmm. we like it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And then don't forget, next week, uh, we're going we're gonna to leave you with this song, but uh, next week we're going to have our special Christmas podcast, which will be podcast number 99. Wow, we're getting really close to 100. The big 100 coming up the day after Christmas. Wow. And that should be fun. But uh, we're looking for comments from you on why you love Christmas, what you love about Christmas. And also we are going to uh, play some specials. And our specials are, one is a poem that I wrote that uh, my friend Meds from England read. And I'm going to do a special score for that. Plus um, Desiree Snyder, a friend of mine, uh, from California is going to um, well she's she's written a wonderful science fictiony Christmas story that I think everybody will think a lot about after they <laughs> after they hear it and I'll be reading that and then putting in some music behind that and then the, a special story that I wrote uh, years ago called the Star of Christmas. So this will be a perfect thing to download and listen to in the car when you're traveling to and from Grandma's house. Yeah, or, or whoever. Whoever's house. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody will enjoy that. That comes out, I'll uh, be out on the 19th of December, which is a Sunday. That'll be good. Yeah, so I hope everybody enjoys that. So I hope you enjoyed uh, taking with you. I know we did a lot of recipes. I don't know if I can get them all put on the blog or not, but I'll try. It's a lot of typing. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, dear. You type faster than I do. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Anyway, I hope you really enjoyed the show. Thank you, everybody, for putting your comments on Facebook and sharing your recipes with us. Sue and Tiffany, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was really fun. It was fun. So, Moyer Multimedia LLC is the folks who, that's us, and we produce this podcast. Copyright 2010, all rights reserved. Good job. Thanks. And here's Russ Taff. This is called Angels We Have Heard on High, right here. I'll take him with you. Merry Christmas. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plain And the mountains in reply Echo back their joyous tone Gloria, 
thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Podcast. Anomaly. Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. An oddity. Peculiarity. Irregularity. Inconsistency. Incongruity. A rarity. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico 
at treksinsci-fi.com. This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. My co-host Jason and myself cover open wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast we review the races, we talk about drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast. Hello, my name is Meds. And I'm Kelly. And we are the presenters of Waffle On Podcast. Now, once you've finished listening to the brilliant Taking Review podcast... What in the wide world of sports is that? It's a podcast that's spiritual, but not religious, and all about Rick's geeky life. What? Does he like geeky TV? Indeed he does. What? Like TV we like from 1960 to 1999? Indeed, and that's why he listens to us. That's what we're about. We do British TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. So come and find us. Us. You can find us at Podbean, just type in Waffle On Podcast or iTunes. We'd be honoured if you'd join us. Thank you. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the hosts of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of the Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. Hi, my name's Al, and my wife Joyce and I are big Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the place so much we started a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth. In our show... Tales from the Mouse House, we'll discuss some news and updates on the Disneyland Resort, reveal some amazing little-known gems we call hidden treasures, and we'll also review some of the rides and attractions that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And we'll review some places to satisfy your hunger attacks, as well as offer up some tips and tricks we've picked up over the years that can help you get the most out of your Disneyland Resort vacation. So, after Rick and Amy have helped you along your spiritual path, Check out Tales from the Mouse House in iTunes. And remember, make it a magical day. Come, they told me, pa-ra-pa-pum-pum. A newborn king to see, pa-ra-pa-pum-pum. Our finest gifts we bring, pa-ra-pa-pum-pum. To lay before the king So to honor him When we come Little baby I am a Boy, to I have no gift to bring. That's fit to give our king. Shall I play for you? Rumpa-pum-pum. Come. 
smiled at me, but Rumpelbump 